afternoon to you. Condolences to you uh, and wishing you so much strength and light during this period. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much uh, for, for having me. Um, obviously, it is a... Uh, it is a very tough and surreal time, but um, my family, uh, we're, we're, we're just busy uh, getting to celebrating um, my father's truly incredible life, you know, and, and, and taking real joy in the fact that um, even though he has physically passed, um, he never really will be gone. Mm. You know? um, most people do not have the opportunity or the the privilege to be able to dig back and 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 have the ability to 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 listen to their to their father speak and laugh uh, at will and you know we'll be able to do that for the rest of our lives and so for that we're very 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 grateful and to be able to share that with the rest of the world most importantly and this letter was it spontaneous when when did the idea come to write it were you always planning to write it or did it just happen when the hours near or you know, as the hour was upon you? Um, it is something that you don't ever think that you're ever going to have to do, um, you know, right, to, to to pen something, to put in the context what your father means to you um, for the rest of the world. And it started in conversation last week um, when it looked... Um, like we had turned the corner um, and we were coming close to him making his transition. And I just started to write uh, some notes and, and, and paragraphs. And honestly, uh, I had a dream about him yesterday on my first plane flight um, as I was making my way back to South Africa uh, from the States. And, and I woke up from the dream and I finished it. And um, when I landed, um, I got the news in Amsterdam that uh, he'd passed, and I had just finished writing the letter um, maybe a half hour before. And um, did that did that mean something to you? Did, what, did you find a, a, a bigger meaning in that? That thirty minutes after you finished writing, was it a release? Of sorts, I'm just trying to get into your headspace at that time because it must have been very difficult to not it be was. there physically. But then here you'd undertaken this huge task, and just as you write it, you hear these news. It it was. Uh, I had actually had a dream that I was at his bedside, uh, and I saw him uh, at peace. And I woke up from that dream, and I was in tears on the plane. And that's when I started writing. And so when I when I got the news, as 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 arresting as it was, there was this sudden real calm and peace, and I knew that I, in that moment that I had had those feelings and I'd written what I'd wrote, um, he had passed right at around the same time, uh, and so there there was something strangely beautiful in being able to share it at that time. Uh, even though I didn't get to physically be there with him, I felt like I was able to commune mm-hmm. with him in that moment. You know, as you're you're saying and you're describing your father in the letter, and um, I'm one of those people who, uh, you know, can honestly say 
I've been privileged to spend some time with him. And as you say, he's somebody who has so much life. And it must be even more difficult with somebody like that. But Hugh could fill a room. His laughter just, you know, engulfs you. And it makes it even more difficult to let go. But at the same time, there's that thing that says he's always there. Is that how you you feel about it? It's funny that you bring up uh, laughter because... Today, I was talking with my sister. I said, the hardest part is going to be the laughter and the jokes. Absolutely. Um, because um, there's, there's no one who could, who could, like you said, walk into a room and own it and make everyone laugh. And it didn't matter, you know, where we were in the world or where we were in South Africa. Um, he had the ability to make any people feel like he was one of them. Um, and that was that was his gift, and he wanted to make people laugh and smile as much as possible. And uh, his joke telling was second to none. You know, he 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 loved he loved coming up with a good joke as much as he loved writing a great song. Uh, so those will be the those will be the, the hard parts as as we get through this time, um, not being able to call and 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 have that uh, at my disposal. You know, just to tickle you, you you say that um, uh, to know Hugh Masekelo is to know no matter class, creed, color, religion, or any other made-up distinctions. One of the things people like to say about your father is this whole thing about the weave. And my executive producer will tell you he laughs about it. He always says, you know, there's this thing about Brahu, but he always hugs you and you've got a weave. What is going on there? And that's... (laughs) That was the thing about your father. He could he could make a joke even about a very deep and, and painful circumstances. I remember when he was telling me about his uh, uh, days on drugs, what, what he was doing, what he was thinking. He had the funniest jokes about it. Do you, did you ever wonder where that, that humor came from? I think that humor is something that is innately South African. I think it is something that comes from struggle. I mean, if you, I think my father had to struggle uh, so much in life and had to overcome so much that he he was one of those people who chose laughter uh, as always being the best way. He never had time for anyone who was complacent about their lot in life. He always he wanted to know what you were going to do about it. So for him. Uh, complaining was never an option, so why not why not laugh and, and try and find as much joy as possible in existence and existence with others when there is so much darkness in the world? I think it's why he was, as I said in the letter, like someone who always was on the side of the displaced and the, the downtrodden, you know, anywhere in the world because he understood completely. Um, what it meant, what what it meant to to, to truly struggle. Mm. He also was somebody who was unabashedly and um, unapologetically honest, extremely honest and frank. Um, and I wonder what has that done for you, especially in terms of how you put that into your music and and how you reflect him and that honesty. Yeah. My my father did not waste words, and he was very direct. And he asked the same uh, of 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 me. 
uh, from a very, very young age. You know, we we didn't have a traditional father and son relationship where um, we stayed away from certain issues. My father was unafraid to tell me about how the world worked and, uh, in, in, in the good ways and the bad. And he also um, wasn't afraid to share his, his imperfections or his mistakes. So I didn't grow up with this notion um, that adults were, were perfect. Um, and so I never had to, to live with uh, those type of false expectations about, about people. You know, I, I learned from a very young age that um, people go through things and they struggle. Um, but it doesn't mean that uh, that's not the definition of who they are. And so for me, it, it, it really has, I've always been challenged to, buy, to be as straight up as, as possible in what I have to say, um, whether that be, you know, in my music, um, on just how I live my life, you know, to, to not make choices to live for anyone else. My father never did that. Um, but to, to make the choices that really make me happy and not be afraid to be, you know, who, who I am. Sal, thank you very much, and please do feel free to come back 